This is the Pete and Kimber podcast. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Um, so you're going to hear some of the stuff from our show this morning, which we'll uh, catch you up on in just a tick. But right now, a bit of Kanye chat because, oh. well, there's 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 opinions on both sides of the fence as to what's going on with Kanye and his new missus, Bianca Sensori, who's an Australian. Yeah, part of me always feels that whenever we speak about Kanye that I've been sucked in. Because it's like Kanye's been Kanye because he gets talked about, right? Mm. We should probably not give him any airspace. But also, I'm conflicted on this last one. Because Kanye's gone and uploaded a series of new photos of, as you say, his Australian wife, Bianca. And people think that the images are inappropriate. So lots of people are upset by them because, look, she's essentially pretty naked. I mean, she's dressed in a leather face mask. So like a gimp mask covering her face, black knee-high boots, and what they're referring to as a barely there bodysuit. Now, when you say bodysuit, I mean let's what I see is it's pieces of string. It's like if you were going to wrap a present and put a, a string around it, a bow, and you know you like put it underneath and then you cross it over on the top and fold it back under. They've sort of done that. Like they folded it under her crutch and then brought it back around the shoulders. She looks like a Christmas ham. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like she's really not wearing anything except a couple of pieces of string. Yeah. And I think it's the gimp mask that have, that's thrown people out of whack here. Well, everything else is not really all that unusual for her in terms of like things that she's worn that have appeared on Kanye West social media or even with them out in public. And it could just be a bikini at the beach for they're, some people. They're not at the beach. No, but for people who like to show their bodies, that's not that far of a stretch from a bikini. Mm. But what makes me feel, what really stands out about it for me, because I'm like, look, if she's doing that by choice and she's comfortable with him posting the photos, that's fine. A lot of people are suggesting that she's trapped, that she's sort of, Trapped in an abusive relationship, things aren't going great, and she's forced to do these things. I don't know which it is, but who can say? Well, right? when she was here in Australia over the it was either the Christmas holidays or late last year, her family and friends actually like took it up a notch, and they did a um, uh, what are those things that you guys do on me all the time? Oh, an intervention. Thank you. Yeah, an intervention. Oh, they did an intervention to say to her, mate. There's like, it's bad. We know it's bad. You can tell us, you can be honest and nothing came of it. I think that if you start dating Kanye, you knew what you were getting into. You reckon? And so maybe it floats her boat a bit. Maybe. It's hard to know, right? But um, the thing that shocked me the most about the photos are not that they're revealing or that they're sexy or that they're a little bit, you know, naughty with the gimp mask. Mm. It's that they've been taking taken in what looks like a home I used to rent <laughs> in yeah. like... I don't know, Redcliffe or something. Like I thought it's just the a, exact same thing. It's like, it looks to me like an old weatherboard house with some carpet and like the phone, you, you can even see the phone extender or like the, the cord running down from the wall and being run along the edging of the carpet. Yeah. Terrible blue subway tiles. It looks like a cork floor in the kitchen. It's got an old white gas stove. Just seems like that's not their house. I mean, is this is this art... Like, I mean, Kanye West is an artist. Is this his, is this art for him in 2024? You know, is this whole thing a, an art thing? It's funny that you say he's an artist. I remember when I was at uni and at the time I was really interested in playwriting, wanted to write some plays. 
And I was writing a couple of plays and my writing teacher at the time said to me, well, you know, you're a playwright. And I said, well, I'm not a playwright. And he said, well, if you want to be a playwright, all you have to do is write a play and then you're a playwright. And it's checks out much the same as being Kanye being an artist. Isn't yeah, it? but no, it's not. It's like it's Kanye different. gets to just say, I'm an artist. No, and but, now we all go, oh, Kanye's an artist. Well, I think, no, I think it's a bit different. Like Kanye busted his ass for a long time and became an incredibly successful musician. Oh, he, he, there is nobody who auto tunes like Kanye. Oh, uh, now look. Okay. Did you see his concert? His gig here was the worst gig I've ever seen. Was that the one at Harrison Island? No, it was at RAC Arena. Okay, and well, it is I, I saw the one at Harrison hands Island. Hands down the worst artist I've ever seen perform live. Oh, I saw the one at Harrison Island. I thought it was great. Oh, he was abysmal. Were you drunk? No, because they weren't serving drinks. Oh, that's the difference. I you know was why pissed. they weren't serving drinks? I was so pissed. Because apparently the Kanye crowd at RAC Arena was so bad and so drunk and out of control when we arrived that they went dry on everybody. The arena stopped serving booze at the start of his concert. Wow. It was shocking. He tried to attempt to start the same song four times, and because his auto-tune wouldn't work, he'd start and sound absolutely dreadful, and he'd get like a two bars in, and they'd go, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, we're going to go again. Then would start again. By the third time, he started getting angry and started blaming people and looking up at the audio techs to blame them, and he said, someone's been messing with my auto-tune, and then stopped and didn't do the song. Which song was it? Because he couldn't. Which song it was? Oh, I don't know. It I mean, was... it, sound, it sounds like art to me. Oh. It sounds like the whole thing was part of the show. Just art. No, look, there's, not you know, worse. I mean, I'm not going to say that him um, being on Alex Jones's uh, show dressed in like an all black suit and cursing the Jews, that's not art. No. That's certainly not art. Um, but yeah, this stuff with Bianca Sensori, I don't know. I, I think, I feel like she's into it. I feel like she's definitely into it, and I think it's just their version of art at the moment. Hmm. Anyway, lots to ponder. Oh, well, next week on Pete and Kimber's Artifacts. <laughs> oh, no, we should have called it Artifacts. art facts Shouldn't we? Yeah. Artifacts. Artifacts. Yeah. Um, um, okay, anyway. the podcast. Right. Should the cat killer come forward and tell the neighbour? <laughs> Onto the serious parts oh, of our actual show. Mate, I'll tell you what. The wow. Secret Lives of Perth, the Cat Killer. It's a great story. We know that's why you're here. You all want everyone, someone's come to work and talked about it, and mm. now you want to hear it. Mm-hmm. This is the person confessing to killing the cat. Now, the actual confession and the call with the anonymous caller, you'll find that on a separate podcast because there was so much more to that chat we couldn't air during the show, right? Mm-hmm. So we put it on a separate podcast, go on this into that, and then in here, in this podcast, you can hear us speaking with. Um, the Mix fam and them giving their very passionate opinions and ideas on what Anonymous should do next. Mm, it's, it's a good one. Um, we also played What Do You Reckon, where we asked if it's okay to stand in a car bay and hold the spot for somebody while they bring the car around. Perfectly fine. Oh, yeah, perfectly fine. Um, have you had to confront a burglar? Great mm. stories about the bump in the night. Yeah. And we play Yay or Nay, which is just an opinion segment on how did it end today? I'm never really sure. I think it was did just yet again. Did you have your again. butt out again? No, it wasn't no. me with my butt out. I think it was just yet again finding out some fetish about Rami. <laughs> some fetish Rami has. Anyway, here you go. Have a Enjoy podcast. It. Kimber, we just heard our first Secret Lives of Perth this morning moments ago challenging situation. Mm. Um, Anonymous has 
driven into her street, accidentally hit a cat, and the cat died, and she, without really thinking, buried the cat in her yard straight away. She freaked out. Because it's her neighbour's cat, and now the neighbour's looking for the cat, and we're just asking the question... Should she come forward and and tell the neighbour? Because they do have a friendship and she feels really bad about it. Mm. It's not about what's happened. It's about what happens next. The guilt is terrible every time I see her. I consoled her and then I sort of try and change the subject. I don't really want to talk about it. And I have thought of telling her, but I can't bring myself to tell her. And my partner's the only other one who knows. Oh, wow. Are Are you considering that you might tell your neighbour because the neighbour's now... how I mean, how long has the neighbour been looking for the cat? A few months. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Is it too far gone? You can tell, but Anonymous feels really bad about it. Mm. And, look, Andre sent us a text, said, would have been better to tell the neighbour straight away when you realised, but now that it's been a while... Secret to the grave. Mm. Not telling anyone. Celise from Success come up with a great suggestion. Oh, yeah. What's that? Celise says maybe you could write a letter anonymously saying, it was brought up in passing that your cat went missing a while ago, and I believe I accidentally hit it with my car, and I didn't want to leave the cat alone, and so I buried it. I'm very sorry, but I wanted to give you closure. Because then at least the neighbour knows and can maybe move forward, but she doesn't have to say it was her. Yeah, but I think this is also just as much for Anonymous to clear her conscience. And so she's still going to be sitting on that secret. What do you think Anonymous should do? Should Anonymous tell her neighbour what has happened to the cat? Uh, Joanne in Coolblup, thanks for calling us up. What do you think? Uh, I think that the cat, uh, she should um, either herself or somebody else say that they got an anonymous tip and hand the cat back to the lady so that they both can have have peace of mind. And if she can't do it herself because the neighbour might get suspicious, then maybe she should get someone else to do it. And if she hasn't got anyone, I'm quite happy to do it for her. Oh, wow. Joanne, Um, that's very sweet because the first thing I'm thinking is there's no way I want to go through the situation of digging up the backyard. Yeah. You don't want to give it back. It's going to be in a terrible state. Yeah, but you can. the person who hands it back can say that because it's an anonymous tip, it it doesn't mean that it wasn't buried. You know what I mean? It's like you you could say, I had an anonymous tip. I went out. I found your cat. Here it is. Oh, you know, here here yeah. it is in this box or I in mean, this bag. I mean, we're trying. Or... We understand. We just feel bad. It's a, it's a terrible situation. We all know she shouldn't have buried it. We get it. Yeah. We know she shouldn't have. Yeah, but yeah what it's, not, now? it's not about that. What do we do now? Nikki and Spearwood, what should Anonymous do? She needs to tell the neighbour. The neighbour's old. She needs closure and she shouldn't die without knowing her cat's deceased. Do you think she just comes clean with this is what happened and I buried it straight away? I think so. Just say the cat didn't want it to suffer because otherwise she's going to die thinking the cat's still alive yep. and what's going to happen to the cat. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, so fair Nikki. Point. Uh, Michelle and Ellenbrook, what are your thoughts? Um, I think she should uh, dig the cat up and take it and get it cremated and then that way she can give her neighbour the ashes and then it's closure for both of them. That's a great oh. suggestion, Michelle. Yeah, a bit Much better, than, better before. than just digging it up and handing it over in a box, I <laughs> think. Um, Diane in Mandra, you know the story. What's your thoughts? Should Anonymous tell her neighbour? I reckon she, yes. Um, she should confess that she um, not killed the cat, but she found it and she buried it in her backyard. 
Yes, oh, okay. So, and hang on, halfway there. Sorry, you, you want to go halfway there. Don't actually tell her that she killed the cat. That's correct. Just say I don't. Say that you found her, you buried her in the backyard, um, she had a nice ceremony, and buy her, go and buy her a new cat. Yeah, uh, I still Thanks, th- I still think you're not getting there, are you? If you're not getting that helping, off your chest, though. it's all helping. It's, it's not far enough. Jenny and Calm Scott, what do you think? Should Anonymous tell the neighbour that she's accidentally killed her cat? Yes, I do think that she should tell her, and I think that uh, the neighbour needs to know. Cats are very special things in people's lives, and if that owner is still looking for her cat after three or four months, she's going to pine away for that cat forever, mm. never knowing what's going on with it. It's much better to have closure, and I believe the previous caller suggested, dig it up, have it cremated. It costs $300, mm-hmm. and do it that way. So that means that the person that is guilty of this, they get a bit of punishment as well for yep. this outside of the guilt. That guilt will eat away at them. Yes, that's but, the mm. problem. Well, that's that's how they've it's ended up. It's affecting their relationship as yeah. neighbours. Um, Annette in Ferndale, what do you think? Well, I think their relationship's going to be a little bit messed up anyway. Um, definitely she should tell her, like sit her down with a nice cuppa first. She tells her she killed the cat, she's buried it. Can I take you to show her where she's buried? Can I help you? Can I get the cat cremated for you? Yeah, But she so should tell her, that's just so wrong. So yeah. wrong. And, really, and it's obvious really... she feels really bad about the fact that she shouldn't have buried it straight away. Mm. Like, we all get that that was where... But, it, you know, maybe when you're just in shock and you don't know, I get it. She's not happy with herself. No, no. That's 100% sure. Um, oh. Cat in Clarkson. Hello, Cat. Hello, Cat. What do you think, Cat? Look, I think um, digging up cat is a bit morbid. Like it's going to stink and it's probably really decayed. And who wants to get a cat that's that ground? Uh, I think the idea of, like, you know, letting her know, she's just going to get really angry with the neighbour. And you know what old people are like sometimes? If it was me, I wouldn't tell her. I'd send her a beautiful bouquet of flowers um, and just a little card in there saying that her cat had passed and that, um, you know, she just recently found out that she was the owner. And that way she can say, you know, the cat's at peace. She's not, the old lady's not going to get angry. At least know she's got some closure then and then won't be angry either. So. Yeah, thanks, Kat. I don't know. I see. For me, I think if you get if you're going to do something, it has to get all the way there. Like I don't you, you know. have to tell. No, because for for anonymous, this was about her getting it off her chest. No, it wasn't. And I, d- I don't think you achieve closure no, unless you go. All right, I the, I did it. I don't I believe did that. It. I don't. It wasn't about her, and it wasn't about her getting it off her chest. It's it was about the neighbour. She feels terrible about what she's done to the neighbour. We've got your opinions. Um, we know Anonymous has been listening. We're going to check in with Anonymous today to see if she will confess. Hey, hey, hey. What do you reckon? Standing in a car spot to hold it for somebody else. What do you reckon? <laughs> no way. Not allowed. You're just, a, you're just a flat no way. It's a flat no. You cannot stand in a car park waiting to hold it for someone you know in a car. Says who? You just can't. It's just not the way it's done. Now, I have not seen this done since we were in the good, the bad and the ugly car park out the back of Cannington, mm. right near where Cosmos Terrace Chinese Restaurant used to be on Manning Road. Um, and I was it was like the 90s and I was a kid and I was in the back seat of mum and dad's car and I saw just an argument break out between a, a lady standing in a car bay holding it for somebody else and somebody else in a car driving past 
going, I want that carbay. And they got out of the car and there was some pushing and shoving and all sorts of stuff going on. Now, I had not seen that for ages. I saw it again uh, over the weekend at another car park and in Scarborough where it was absolutely packed. And so like a, like a car bay is like hen's teeth. And someone was standing in a car bay it's just not holding allowed. it for a friend of theirs. No. And they were waving cars on. No. And people were abusing them Get as out. they were driving past until somebody stopped and said, I've had enough of this, and gave them an absolute serve. And this went back and forth for ages. I'm not an aggressive person, but if you're standing in a bay and you don't get out, I might give you a nudge. Why? What? A nudge? I might give you a nudge. A nudge with your car. You shouldn't be standing in a car space when you're not in a car. That's a... That's a big call by you. A nudge, a gentle nudge. A gentle nudge. An encouraging nudge. Some people need to be told that they're doing the wrong thing and that they're not fitting in with the rest of society, and a gentle nudge might be the way to do it. I want to change my question. I love this. I I saw footage of a woman trying to hold a car bay. She got her whole family involved. This is how the audio went down. This thing went on for about five or six minutes. Are you kidding? No way. You're not even in a car, woman. Are you serious? No, no, get no. Get out, get out, out of way. here. Are you kidding? You're not in a car. You're no, in here it first. Are you matter. kidding me? Serious right now, woman? <gasps> Jesus. What was that? Was that a train or a car? That was him holding his horn down. She wouldn't leave. I'm going to go out and say it's all right. I'm going to go out and say it's okay. If you're How there for... you made if it this far into our friendship <laughs> without me realising you're the kind of person who thinks it's appropriate to hold a car bay when you're not in a car? How have we made it this far into our relationship with me not knowing that you're the kind of person that would happily nudge someone with your car? Only if they need to be taught a lesson. Is I think it's all right. I think if you stand in a car bay and you're there first and you're holding it for a friend of yours, I think you're <laughs> being a nice friend. Yeah, that would, you know what? It's the equivalent of me going to a bar and there's a whole line and everyone's waiting to be served. And I just put a stool in the line and be like, I'm coming back. That stool's holding my place. Oh, God. It would never fly. I can't wait to see it play out. It would never fly. For you to be standing there with a stool, gently nudging another person out of the line. Throw it out there and see if you can find anybody who thinks it's okay. Well, there's got to be somebody because that person was there in the car bay that over the weekend. All right. What do you reckon about standing in a car spot to save the space when you're not in a car? Um, A few texts on this one. Um, Got a great text from Lisa. Uh, Lisa said, if in doubt, ask yourself, is this what they would do in Japan, the most organised and polite country on the earth? <laughs> I like that. Just it's a fair call. No, they wouldn't. Cool. they wouldn't do it in Japan. You're right. Um, big shout out to Justin. Justin nailed it. Kimber, I'd like to use this text message as a placeholder for my chance to play Alpha Bucks. <laughs> See? Because you can't do it. But then Kathleen's come in with an alternative opinion here. Okay. Kathleen said, my, th- my first thought about saving a car bay for someone was, no, you can't do that. But what about when someone saves a seat for a friend when they're out somewhere? That's kind of the same thing. That is kind of the same thing. Like we're saving this table. Do you think that's okay? Or well, yeah, would you it, nudge them as well? No, because there's someone actually at the table. Yeah, but it's the same. Yeah, but if nobody else is there and you're the only one and you're saving it, it's basically the same thing. It is actually basically the same thing. 
packed, packed pub. Mm. You're saving that table or that chair for a friend. Somebody else wants it's it. It's basically the same, the same thing. It's not the same in a Chantel in Wellard, what do you reckon? I'm a hard nori, but if you know they're only a two-minute wait and they've got like a disability, then maybe. But I'm still a hard nori. Yeah, this is you know you you know you're a no, Chantel. You're just clutching at straws. You're trying to be open-minded. <laughs> I appreciate that, but you know you're a no. There's a lot of caveats there. Yeah, right. Um, like, Amanda in Rockingham. So this happened to you years ago. Yes, it did. All right, what happened? I was eight and a half months pregnant and I needed to pay a bill and there was this lady standing in a car spot and I decided that, no, this isn't on. I need this car spot because I am not walking 500 metres back to pay my bill. Mm -hmm. And so I gave her a little nudge out of the way. You did nudge. You gave her the nudge. How close did did you get to her before she was like... Oh, this woman's not really going to hit me with her car. No, I, I was in a little Honda Civic at the time and I had the window down and we were having a few words and she wouldn't move out of the way. So I just gave her a tiny little nudge with my car. Jesus, Amanda, that's enough to send you into labour. Amanda, did it work? Did she leave? Yeah, she got out of the way, but she put on a, a performance. Oh, it's soccer. Um, it's soccer. You've got to really show how much you've been injured from the Honda nudge. <laughs> yes, well, four months later, I had to go into the police station and make a statement. Oh, my oh did she God. report that, you? Yes, yes, she did. <laughs> oh. I, bet, I bet this is one of those ones that police get all the time where they just look at it and go, oh, God, not this again. Not the old car park nudge. I can't believe we actually met someone who actually gave somebody a nudge. Oh, she was pregnant. She was feeling unreasonable at the oh, time. Yeah, it's fine. You just go and murder people when you're pregnant. <laughs> it's fine. I was checking out Reddit. Now, if you're on Reddit, there is a um, subgroup there called Perth. And it Perth people post in there, just about Perth stuff, generally complaining about how none of us can drive. <laughs> We're rubbish at it. We get it, right? Collectively useless as a city. Um, but someone put a post in there talking, they're basically venting their frustration. They were very angry because their ute got broken into. They had the car broken into. Again, they said for the gazillionth time and people had nicked some stuff. And they're quite frustrated because they didn't really nick anything of value either. Just things that make your life difficult for in the meantime right, to have okay. to replace them or whatever. Yep. And I think it's that thing now where... You know, it's always been an awful thing for anyone to be broken into or stolen from. But it's also that thing now where, like, that can be – people are really struggling and that can be the difference between going, I can't afford groceries or anything Mm. this week because now I have to pay to have a car window replaced or whatever. Like, you're ruining people's lives. At the moment, I just feel like I'm seeing more of it. Like, just more and more and more of it across the social pages. And and I don't know that there is. I mean, statistically, crime has been going down. But I guess it's just that, you know, anecdotally, when it happens to you, it's awful. Mm-hmm. It's awful. But people started chiming in, chatting about how they were feeling about this idea of crime in Perth and whatnot. And then people started talking about, oh, well, at least you weren't home because there's those horrible times where you might be confronted by a burglar or a robber, whatever we want to call them. (laughs) But, you know, you don't want to be home. My Honestly, my worst nightmare. Like yeah. one, one of those, like either coming home to find somebody in the back of the house, like, yep. you know, and having to confront them or the, the really the one that gets me, it gives me goosebumps when I think about it is waking up in the middle of the night 
to start yeah. hearing something and getting up and going and finding out that it is actually somebody who's broken in. Apart from the fact that that experience is terrifying, do you also feel a little bit extra attachment to that because you're worried that as the father of the house, that it's your responsibility to handle it? Yeah, there's a little bit of that. It's not nice, is it? Well, it's not nice. The feel, it's a it's a violating feeling. Like, yeah. you know, this this safe space that you've created and all of the stuff that you've, you know, you hold dear and you protect and all that sort of thing. Just, you just hear too many stories of it now. Mm. I think because I don't know who I'm dealing with. It's unpredictable. You don't know what people are like. like mm. Their behaviour is unpredictable and you don't know what they want. But I'm interested to know if you have ever had to confront a burglar. Like you've been at home and they've, however, however they got in, whatever has happened, have you had to confront someone and what did you do? Because there'd be plenty of people who would just freeze. Mm. Might be some who pretend they're still asleep. Andre and Williton, your father-in-law confronted a burglar. What happened? He did. So, yeah, morning. He goes to the toot. The next minute he's banging and crashing from the back doors and stuff. Comes out the toilet and he's confronting a guy at the back bedroom door. Literally standing out there trying to get into the door. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, just freaks out. Next minute, guy bolts. Does a runner up the backyard. Father-in-law instinctively, instead of just thinking, I'll let him go, runs straight to the door, unlocks it and chases him over the back fence. No! <laughs> I mean, you had the getaway. He already left. Yeah, he was already on his way. And then we turned up, my wife and I, go like, what are you doing? Why are you chasing him? My father-in-law is 75 years old. Yeah, he's like, like, I'm 75. Go. What have I got to lose? Yeah, pretty much. But yeah. Did he clear the fence, Andre? He did. No, (laughs) it was hilarious, actually. Even the the gentleman already had a getaway. He had a chair up against the fence. He was ready to go. My father in law was still on the fence to look over the fence to go. Oh that's what I that's what I would like to think that I would do. I'd like to think that I would chase them over the fence. I don't know if you're supposed to. Mm. I think that's meant to be a, like if they're running away, thank goodness, you mate. You just don't know I'm what not, they're holding, I'm do not you? I'm going after them. Um, Ian in Cardinia, tell us about when you confronted a burglar. Hi, guys. How are you going? Good, mate. Go on, tell us your story. Yeah, we just moved into a new two-story house, and uh, the two-story house only had a carport. And I had a brand new GTS uh, car in the carport. So the burglars were obviously after the keys to the new GTS um, car. But anyway, about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, I heard this noise. And I thought, oh, should I roll over and go back to sleep? And I said, no, I better get up and just check. And I walked out of our double, uh, our, our master bedroom, which is actually on the down level of the house. Mm. Uh, and I came out into the lounge area and there were two burglars ruffling through my wife's briefcase looking for keys so i just screamed at them and they got very very frightening because i was stark naked at the time <laughs> 26th of december and it was a very very hot night so they got terrified at my side and ran out the uh ranch sliders where they had uh, come into the house uh but unfortunately there was glass on the tiles and i cut my feet on the glass oh. um and uh yeah and i stopped chasing them but it was actually a very interesting experience for myself because I wasn't scared. I was just extremely, extremely angry, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and I just wanted to get them out of my house. And the official name is actually called a home invasion if burglars come into your house while the occupants of the house are actually in the house. Yeah, true. Sorry, Ian, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still all the way back at you as Starkers. 
Oh, I don't feel like Ian had to justify why he sleeps naked. He said it was a hot day and it was Boxing Day. But, I mean, <laughs> if you want to sleep in the nud, that's on you. You um, can do it. Speaking of naked, Emma in Forestfield, tell us about your mum when she confronted someone. Yeah, so my mum is a security worker and she gets home pretty early in the morning. Um, and it was around about 5am um, and we, live in, we lived in Midvale at the time. Uh, we had this cat that sort of woke mum up and notified her that something was going on and mum got up. Um, and like everybody, sleeps in the nutty, or most people. Um, so she's got up, thrown her gown on, followed the cat out to the front door, and there's this gentleman trying to break in. So uh, what she's done is she's opened up the window. As he's looked at her, she's flipped her robe open and scared the absolute bejeebas out of him with her fantastic body. So absolutely loved it. I think he was a bit uh, taken aback by it, but um, for a 45-year-old, she looked fantastic. Oh. I love that your mum also does security work. Is this how she gets sorts of deal out at work, you know, when she's on being employed? Just flashes everybody. Excellent. Well, yeah, I, I guess it's a great tactic. Catches them off guard. <laughs> oh, mate, you can understand why the burglar came back the next night. <laughs> Pete and Kimbers, yay or nay? Hello, Rami. Hello, how are hey, we? Hey, we're great. All right, so this is yay or nay. I'll give you a topic and you give me your thoughts within three seconds. Are you ready? Yep. Being asked for ID. Three, two, one. Yay. I mean, I guess yay. I'm sort of... Is, are you on the fence about this one? Why? Is there... Because there's situations, well, I guess, isn't there? I guess I just am... I'm indifferent. All right, here's a context. I don't care because it doesn't affect me. Like, no one's going to ask me for it now. Do you find it's a compliment, though, if someone asks you for oh, ID? No. No. It's just someone doing their job. It's pretty clear I'm not under 18. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. A 20-something-year-old tw- on social media has kind of gone off at this because she looks, to be fair, like she's 12 years old. Right. But she's constantly being asked for ID. When I get asked for ID, it's like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I really? That. And that's the, but that's their job as well. It's like, sorry, mate, if you want to get in this club, you gotta, you got to be asked for ID. Do you get asked for ID, Pete? All the time. All the time. I got asked for ID a lot when I was younger, and it wasn't you even mean when my you're, ID. Like when you were under 18? And it got me in every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think she looked like me. <laughs> That was a stupid part. All right, next one. Uh, using food delivery services. Three, two, one. Nay. 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 What Yay. about when you're hungover or like? <laughs> no. Wait, not that that's the only time you should use them. I feel like the only sort of food delivery services really that exist now are kind of like your big, you know. Your like your big, Uber Eats. Your Uber Eats and those guys. And I just, I hate the way it turns up like cold, they pick up four other people's orders on your way and they also take more than 30% from the local restaurants. Mm -hmm. And so that I would rather get it. The woman who we get our Thai from, our Thai food, she's gorgeous. She works every single day of the year except Christmas. Wow. Because she can't afford to not work the other days and I don't think that Uber Eats should take the extra. Interesting. Pete, why do you say yay? Because it's convenient. <laughs> like, I, honestly, like it's a Friday you know night. No, and man, and I he has be just moved to an area Laziness. where he finally gets Uber Eats. They didn't do that back in Southern River. Oh, yeah, in Southern River, it, there was like two places that you could Uber Eats really? from. Yeah, and one of them the was Macca's. And the shine hasn't worn off And yet. I, I live elsewhere now and it's like, oh, my God, there's actually things on Uber Eats. You must be joking. I have to agree with both of you, but honestly, it's a lifesaver on that Sunday morning after a big Saturday night and you just you cannot Aww. move. I'll bring you a little meal. Oh, no, I won't. You're a bit too far, aren't you? Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) And next topic. 
Are you <laughs> are you what it was. Are you oh, wait, I've got it. Fortified wines. Three, two, one. Yay. I don't even know what a fortified wine is. It's like a port. I only learnt what it was on the weekend. Oh. Is that why you've brought this one in? Yeah. I went down to Gracetown for um, a friend's birthday weekend mm-hmm. getaway. We did a couple of wine stops uh, in Margaret River. Yeah. And then we did a wine tasting and... After the whites and the reds, we've got the fortified wines. And mm. I was like, what the hell's a fortified wine? Like dessert wine. It's the sweetest wine you'll ever taste in your life. I love a fortified. There, there's the, the be- stuff you put in fruitcake, isn't it? No. The, if you go down Margaret River, go to the Berry Farm and go and check out their fortifieds. They are amazing. I used to order them when I would go out on dates with girls before I met Liz. You didn't go out on dates with girls. At the end of the... Because, because you would... were hoping to snag a cougar who no. wants to have a fortified wine after 11pm. Because thought Because I thought it, it thought it made me, like, appear refined. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, this guy's a wanker. I like, wish I knew oh. you then. I could have taught you so many things about women. Oh Jesus. wow! Well, we Come all on. learned something, and I know what a fortified wine is. And Pete never dated any girls. Let's move. <laughs> <laughs> the Pete and Kimber podcast.